What if you really can have it all? No, really. What if everything you think you desire is only a starting point for the life you are truly capable of creating? On Love, Life, and All Things Weird, we will explore topics from magic to practical step-by-step -step processes and everything in between. There's no place we won't go, nothing too ridiculous or weird, in the quest to live life as grand as possible. Hosts Megan Silito and Suzanne Stoffer are the embodiment of Opposites Attract. Collectively, they're the summation of Megan's big vision coupled with Suzanne's knack of her details. Partnered in love and in business for the last five years, they're taking co-creation to a whole new level. Join Megan and Suzanne for Love, Life, and All Things Weird, where we will talk about living a life that's inspired, overflowing, and completely awesome. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Love, Life, and All Things Weird with your hosts, Megan and Suzanne on A to F. A to Zen FM. Uh-oh. <laughs> I thought I had it, hon. Maybe I didn't. You guys, I dragged her out of bed like 45 minutes ago. And so um, we'll see how awake she is. She has had her coffee. Um, mm -hmm. But I think there might need to be more required here or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, babes, I'm ready to go. The thing uh, is, is that when I just wake up, I have less of a filter. So I think that might actually be a service to the show. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited about this topic. This is a very controversial topic um, for a lot of people. And it was really funny. I have to say, I have to confess something here. Um, because I've been doing this radio show. We've been doing this for how long now, babe? A bit. Yeah, a bit. Um, and, you know, like, my family is pretty conservative. I'm a, I'm way more the black sheep of the family. And I generally don't, like, really talk about my radio show very much with my family. And I have a new assistant, and um, she went into Facebook and invited everybody on my list, which included every single one of my family members, <laughs> to the show called How Open Is Your Relationship? You know? Um, so... Hello, all my family members who are listening and who are wondering, oh, my gosh, now what is Suzanne doing? Um, they're quite conservative. They're, um, and so I would think that this is a pretty, you know, controversial topic for them. So I'm very excited about it. <laughs> well, you know, the show uh, title is about how open is your relationship, and we didn't define relationship, right? So. Oh. And you we know, didn't how define, we didn't define what we meant by open either. I actually. know. We did that on purpose though, right? We totally did. Yeah. Uh -huh. Because uh yeah, we are gonna talk about um sex and sexuality and open relationships on this show. Um but more than that, we're actually gonna talk about um what it means to be in relationship and not try to control your partner, like actually having an open relationship in that way. So that's really um, our focus today. Although I do think we're going to talk about sex a little Baby, bit. Let's talk about you <laughs> and me. <laughs> Woohoo! Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah. So I want to read the the copy a little bit. Um, how open is your relationship? Say, what? What do you mean open? Shouldn't I be controlling everything about my relationship, including my partner's sexual energy? 
So we go to control in our relationship so we can feel safe. But what if control wasn't actually giving you safety at all? What if you could truly celebrate your partner, your relationship, and still create a container that included freedom and safety? So join us today as we talk about that. Right, babe? Right, sweet. (laughs) So jump in, love. You have some thoughts about this. I do. You do have all the notes, however, so hopefully those thoughts (laughs) still exist without a note. (laughs) (laughs) So um, the thing is, is that in our world, um, we go into relationship with all of these unconscious projections, expectations, uh, and and judgments of who that person's going to be and who they're going to be for us. And a lot of us don't even know we have them, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like we we meet somebody across a crowded room and, oh, woo, and we're all swoony and whatever, you know, and it's like we think that we're, we're like just we're in love. And so, uh-oh, <laughs> good morning. Hello, everyone. I forgot to put the thing on night. Anyway, um, <laughs> squirrel just moment. A little, just a little aside. So, um, yeah, so like what happens is is that unconsciously we're actually looking for a mate to be everything that our parents weren't. Mm-hmm. And this is, this is you know, like I, I, it's so crazy. It's like finally the present man I never had. And then all of a sudden you get married and if you're not that present man 24/7 it's like the the other person goes into trying to control that to try to make them that thing that they were missing in their in their past or the other way which is like I had a client um last year that uh she'd had her dad was like so loving and so present and so forgiving and she could do anything and he would love her and and um and her partner didn't <laughs> and so it's like there was like this a man should be unconditionally loving and I should be able to be uh throw a tantrum and he should just be standing there in his present love like mm-hmm. my father was right mm-hmm. and so it's like we have all of this stuff projected on our person and we're going into the relationship essentially from an incorrect paradigm we're going into it from what can I get what can mm-hmm. I get what need can I get met and that sets up, first of all, it sets up codependency and it sets up um, enmeshment because you're looking for somebody outside of you to get a need met. And, well, and this is really, really true in the sexual arena, too. I mean, like, it's, I think it's even more exacerbated because for a lot of us, we grew up with the idea of monogamy. And so then we're, we find our person and then we get into relationship and that person is supposed to meet every single sexual need that we have right because it's like oh well i'm choosing you only you to have sex with and so all of my sexual needs and everything that's going on with me sexually is about the other person and you know they've got to show up that way otherwise you do start to try to control and manipulate So I would say that especially in the sexual arena, um, you really project so much about um, uh, so much about what they're supposed to do, how they're supposed to show up, what they're requiring, 
you know, what you require of them, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And think about when you're in any situation where you feel an expectation mm-hmm. of somebody, like you feel like your boss's expectation or you feel your wife's expectation or you feel your expectation of your kid. It's like, you said you would take me to the game or whatever, right? It's like, what? how does that energy feel? Does that make you want to be close to somebody where they have an expectation of you? Does that no. engender closeness? The correct does, answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> what does it engender, darling? <laughs> well, this happened yesterday to us a little mm-hmm. bit um, where I was in a very emotional moment and I felt, now I don't know if this was true or not, but I felt Megan's expectation that I get over it, that I get back to happy really fast. Um, And I was just like, and I got really upset. And I just said, hey, I'm not going to get over this in two minutes flat. Just give me a minute, right? So I, I felt that expectation. And then I pushed, I like pushed back. And I would say that's very much what I do when I feel expectations is I push or I start to kind of defend or fight. Whereas I think for you, you do a lot of withdrawing um, when mm-hmm. you feel my expectations. You know, expectations are a relationship killer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and, you know, something that I, I'd like to say is that I actually didn't have that expectation yesterday, but mm-hmm. I know that for a lot of our relationship, I did. Like, mm-hmm. I just want, I'm sort of the, let's be happy all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if we're not happy all the time, then something's wrong. So we have to pretend we're happy all the time. And so, <laughs> so I know that I put that expectation out a lot in our relationship. Mm-hmm. So I understand why you were afraid that that was there. And I, I, I speak that not to like, you know, say, oh, like I didn't have that expectation, but I speak that to help people understand that when you put expectations into the relationship, not only do people feel them, but then they expect your expectations, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like it, it's there in the space because it's so not honoring. Mm-hmm. To put an expectation on a partner for how they should be, who they should be, how they show, should show up, how they should feel is not kind. Mm-hmm. It's not you allowing them to be them. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Yes, darling. That's all I want to say. We're done. That's all you want to say about that? <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. There was a very dramatic pause there. I appreciated it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I was trying to figure out how to make it so that the calls aren't uh, being heard to uh, the airwaves. Uh, I don't so hear anything, darling. You didn't hear people like, you didn't hear a a ring? Uh-uh. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> Squirrel moment again. <laughs> so, uh, and I'm yeah. back. Yeah, so what I would say, now this is my personal experience. In my first marriage, um, I like when I ended the relationship, um, both of us were um, were exploring other people. Right. So it was not a clean break. Um, and so that was my history. And um, 
And so when I went into my second marriage, I had a shit ton of expectations around um, fidelity, around sexuality, around all this stuff. Um, and it was really difficult for my relationship because I was totally mistrusting of myself and my partner and um, and projected that all into our relationship. So it ended up being um, five years of trying to figure out if he was cheating on me and, um, and trying to control um, his sexual attraction and other people's attraction to him. And it was literally hell, people. So it was literally hell. Um, that sounds and- really fun. <laughs> Yeah, so um, I don't come to this topic lightly because I've actually been in relationships where I have tried to control almost everything about the relationship um, from sexual from sexual expression to anything else. Like I'd get jealous if, you know, a woman would come on to him, you know, in, at a party or whatever, even though he wasn't maybe flirting at all, I would get jealous. So I really get that this is a huge issue for people. Um, and that especially when you come from this background of um, where a relationship has been broken up around um, around this topic, um, then it can really create a lack-based experience and, and, and a feeling of like, I really have to control this or I have to you know, put out these really, really strict requirements and constriction in order for the relationship to work. And I'm here to tell you that it's just not true. That with Megan, we've 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 done a really great job of having a much more open dialogue, really from the beginning of our relationship. And we keep talking, we keep communicating and talking about it. About and we keep opening up to allowing each other to be who they are, and that includes the sexualness that we be. And um, so there is a way through this and there's a way to not be so jealous and controlling and possessive. And I'm I'm one to really talk about that because I was horribly so. (laughs) Well, I would say, hon, that we actually had our round of it in in our most conflicted times. Mm -hmm. Uh, when we were really in the intensity of our conflict cycle, it really was about control. Like both of us, I just remember in the fights, it's like, I just want to be me, (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like, you shouldn't have to fight to be you. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's like, that's the other thing is that we also have, you know, all these experiences of trying to make ourselves different to be acceptable to another person. Right. Mm-hmm. And and what's that about? How did we how did that become the measure of relationship on this planet? It's like, oh, who do I need to be so you'll like me? Who do I need mm-hmm. to be so you won't be mad at me? Who do I need to be? Right. So it's like on both sides, it's not just about me allowing you to be you, but you have to choose to be you. Right. You have to realize that actually any really awesome, healthy relationship, it, there's going to be allowance. It's like, OK, this is who you be. Awesome. Cool. Be you. And like. True love to me is a delight in that person being them, even mm-hmm. and especially if it doesn't sort if it brings something up for you, right? To me, love is not about ooh, this is bringing something up for me. Hey, let me hurry and control you, mm-hmm. right? It's it's like 
wow, okay, cool. Like this is bringing something up for me and I want you to be you. And I'm scared. And I'm and that's how that's one of the ways that you begin to unlock this sort of constriction around trying to control the other person. And I just wanted to say real quick that like I have a a client in the chat room and she's like, You told me once, Megan, that expectations are resentments in the making. And yeah, like how I said that is expectations are premeditated resentments. Mm-hmm. So when we when you have an expectation on somebody to be something other than they are or to show up in a certain way, what happens is is that you're going to get resentful because that person's going to be them and they may or may not show up how you're expecting them to show up. And mm-hmm. that does not create any space. So to me, to me like yes, we're going to talk about like, you know, the, the the choice if you choose to be open in relationship or if you choose to be monogamous in a relationship and stuff like that. And to me, that's the least interesting part of this conversation. Most interesting part of this conversation is, are you open? Mm-hmm. Are you in allowance of you and of the person that you're relating to? Are you in allowance? That openness is like, huh, what's going to show up next? What are you going to say next? Who are you going to be next, right? And it's like, you know, sometimes, and and I feel like I'm getting better at this because Suzanne is uh, – how would I say this? She's she's a firecracker, right? She's very emotional, very fiery, very like like very quick to and you know to have big energy come through her. Mm-hmm. And you know, growing of course, you know, I grew up in a very um, volatile family, and so any a lot of times when that that volatility comes up or what I this intensity of energy of emotion comes up. I constrict and I try to control. And that's kind of what she was speaking to about yesterday is like, um, okay, like I got to keep everybody happy because for me that meant survival, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like now what I find, which is so cool, is that you can have energy and I go, ooh, that's sexy. Look at that energy. Look at her go, rah, rah, right? Like this this fire and like, like, um, uh, what am I, like lightning and, and thunder, right? And I can go, wow. And like, you know, in David Data's work, he talks about that as being the feminine, is all energy, is all that beingness, right? And like the the trick is to be able to be in appreciation, to be in allowance without trying to control. If you ever try to tell somebody who's having emotion not to be emotional, um, I just, I wouldn't advise it. <laughs> It doesn't generally work yeah. that well, right, babes? Yeah, right. Like, I I really love David Data's work. And if you guys haven't heard of him, check it out. Because it's very powerful information about the masculine and the feminine and how they dance together. Um, and the feminine he calls the storm or, like, kind of like the ocean. And if you think about it, the ocean can be so... Um, beautiful and um, even glassy. And then when the storm comes up, man, is it ever intense, right? So, um, so yeah, that can be sometimes the feminine. And um, so anytime that you're trying to shut down that essence energy of the feminine or that essence energy of the masculine um, by your projections and expectations and conclusions and computations and all of your shit about, you know, how it should be, um, then it creates all this constriction and, you know, resentments and problems in your relationship. Um, So... 
can we do a clearing on everything that's come up right now and then we'll go to break after that mm-hmm. so everywhere you have been looking for the one that's going to fulfill all your needs and then you're going to control the f out of them when they don't uh can we uncreate and destroy that please <laughs> Yes. Right, wrong, good, bad, pot of pock, all nine boys, shorts, and beyonds. And all the expectations, projections, judgments, conclusions, decisions you have about what a relationship should be, uh, what it should be for you, how you should show up in it, and <laughs> how it's supposed to work out based on the past plus past equals the future. Can we uncreate and destroy that, please? Yes. Right, wrong, good, bad, pot and pock, all nine boys, shorts, and beyonds. And how they should show up. Because you said how we should show up, but also I did how say they too. Yeah, oh, oh we'll did? do it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, so all your projections, expectations, judgments, rejections, separations of um, how your partner needs to show up, should show up, is expected to show up, or how your future partner is going to be, and how they're going to show up for you—the knight in shining armor, or the. Um, the the Godiva on the horse with the long hair. Can we all create all uncreate destroy all those fantasies? Yes. Right, wrong, good, bad, pot and pock, all nine boys, shorts and beyonds. <laughs> what? <laughs> I love that analogy of Godiva. I didn't even know you had that image in your head, love. That's awesome. <laughs> <Where are> you? <laughs> all right on that note let's take a break you're listening to love life and all things weird and we'll be back for some more awesome uh stuff about open relationships and and more who knows what's going to happen stay right. tuned most people live in the land of either or it's a scary and meager place where one can have either a happy relationship or a successful career, where we can have either lots of time and no money or lots of money and no time to spend it. On Love, Life, and All Things Weird, Megan Silito and Suzanne Stoffer bring you inspiration, awesome tools for transformation, and full permission to claim your most ridiculous life. Together, they are the embodiment of opposites attract, and the result is true synergistic power. Finding yourself roadside in either or? Megan and Suzanne are here to reintroduce you to one very powerful three-letter word. And. Simple? Yes. Effective? Absolutely. Welcome to the land of and. Listen to Love, Life, and All Things Weird every Wednesday at 12 p.m. noon Eastern Standard Time, 11 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Mountain, and 9 a.m. Pacific on A2Zen.fm. What would you say if I told you that you could change your life in only one hour and all while lying down relaxing? Thousands of people all over the world have. What am I talking about? It's called Access Consciousness The Bars. The Bars is an energetic body process that contains 32 different points on your head that when run assist you in releasing decisions about any area of your life that you have made solid and as a result cannot change. The Bars is the first class in Access Consciousness a dynamic set of tools and information designed to transform any area of your life. When you have a bar session, 
The worst that can happen is you feel like you had a fantastic massage. The best thing that can happen is your whole life could change. Go to accessconsciousness.com today to find a facilitator to schedule a private session or to find a boys class in your area. Are you willing to give yourself an hour to change your life? This is Love, Life, and All Things Weird with hosts Megan Silito and Suzanne Stoffer. Are you scratching your head a bit? Let's chat. Call into the program today and let's find some answers. If you're in the U.S., call 815-880-8255. In Canada, call 613-800-8736 or Skype us at a2zen.fm. You can also send questions or comments by sending an email to suzannepstoffer at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. <laughs> you're, you're getting so good with your whistling, darling. Right? to Love Life and All Things Weird, we're talking about openness in relationship and um, openness in all areas. Um, not just We're not just talking about sex here. We're talking about um, the idea that if you can let go of trying to control somebody, manipulate somebody, um, have massive expectations of somebody, um, that your relationship uh, is, your relationships are going to get a whole lot better. Uh, <laughs> Honey, I just had this aha on the break. Can I share? Yeah, please do. Okay, so I um, I studied with Gay and Katie Hendricks for six years. I apprenticed with them, and they they are considered pretty much the foremost. Um, I don't like the word expert, but they're, they're sort of the coach's coach around relationship. And, um, I mean, they have amazing relationship themselves. So they, they walk, they're talking, they do a body centered relationship and, and bringing the whole body into a relationship and, and to that consciousness. And, um, it, for them, so a lot, they have a whole series of books called conscious loving, conscious relationship, conscious whatever, right? And part of that is just being aware of like your own things. And so like getting more interested in your reaction than in whatever the other person's doing and, and using everything that's occurring to, to learn and expand and grow. But I just realized when I was thinking about the access definition or Gary Douglas's definition for consciousness, which is um, it allows everything and judges nothing. Where And so I was thinking about a different, like, oh, like having a conscious relationship is about allowing that person to be them without judgment. Mm-hmm. Isn't that cool? Yes, I love it. Ha, huh, I'm smart. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I would say that's really true for us. I mean, as we've really gone, you know, on this journey in our relationship, um the 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 less judgmental we are of each other the less um the less constriction we have of each other um the more that we can allow each of us to be ourselves um in every area um the more love the more intimacy the more appreciation the more gratitude that we have for each other and it's been sometimes really surprising like 
Um, Megan is a very flirtatious person. Like just who she is, her essence, her nature is very flirtatious. And um, and she falls in love with people almost immediately. Men, women, it doesn't matter. Dogs. She falls she dogs, cats, I mean everybody. She is just a lover. She is just so non judgmental in her loving. And it's and it's one of the things that I fell in love with with her, um, right from the get go, is I could see that in her. And then when it wasn't, you know, when we got into relationship and it wasn't totally um, 100% being directed at me, I started to want to, like, shut that down and control that in her. Um, and it's been such an awesome thing to watch her interact with people, to see them light up, for her to show her caring and her love um, and, um, and to be in a place of celebration of who she is. So, like, um, and it started with a dialogue. You know, it started with, with me saying, hey, babe, like, I'm noticing that, you know, when we go to events and then you're mostly with other people, that that brings up some jealousy for me. That brings up, like, I want to go and, like, you know, kind of take you and say she's mine, right? And it started, started <laughs> That's kinda, with, You know what's so funny, though? Because that's, yeah. like, kind of hot, but at the same time, when it actually happens, it's not. But, like, ooh, she wants to take me. She wants me to be hers. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, there's, there's just, like, a, an energy of the fantasy coming in right there, yeah. right? It's like we all want that to be the, I only have eyes for you. <laughs> And you're mine. And we kind yeah. of get turned on by that because that's, that's part of that fantasy, everything that brings up. Okay, we uncreate, destroy it. Yes, please. Right, on good, bad, pot and pock, all nine boys, shorts and beyond. I'm sorry. Carry on. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, really, like, to this is, this is the bottom line, guys. Like, we are sexual beings. We have sexualness. And and if we're really on fire and, and living life, like, really on our terms and the essence of who we are, we'll feel sexual um, a lot. We, like, that hose will be turned on. And, um, and that sexual energy um, cannot be contained, or if you try to contain it, where it's like, okay, well, I'm only going to have sexual energy for my partner, then it actually shuts down so much of your essence. Now, having sexual energy running all the time in you is healthy. It's so healthy for your body. And how you express that is your choice, you know. Um, and having that open dialogue with your partner, of, like like I started, like I'm noticing that I'm feeling a little bit jealous about this. Like, what is this for me? You know, and, and exploring that, you know, exploring that with Megan and saying, hey, you know, like, this is coming up for me. Um, I know this isn't about you because I really want you to be you because it's an essence. You being flirtatious and fun and loving is your essence. So um, it's, it starts with that dialogue and it starts with um, tuning into the part of you, probably a child self, that is feeling the lack, that's feeling like, ooh, I want all of her attention. And taking care of that child and loving that child so that you are the source of your happiness. You are the source of your well-being. You are the source of your sexualness. It's not put on your partner. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's like um, jealousy has to do with one's personal aliveness in part. 
So when you're jealous of your partner being shiny, it's because most often that you're not expressing your own shiny. Mm-hmm. And so like, if you are committed to your own aliveness, and we've talked about this before on the show, the day I told you to get a life, mm-hmm. <laughs> very lovingly, yep. mm-hmm. right? And it was, that's it. It's like you had you were starting to build your life around me, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, ooh, that's not going to work. And it doesn't work. It doesn't work for anyone. It doesn't work, especially for a kid like me, who has 9,000 things and 9,000 people in my life at all times, right? It's like... Yeah. That that was going to be very painful for both of us. But it's true in all relationship is that you've got to commit to your own aliveness. You've got to commit to being turned on in your life. And so mm-hmm. many people, they get in relationship and, <laughs> they you know, they gain the 25 pounds and whatever because it's like, oh, finally, you know, I caught the mate. you know, in terms of, you know, the species and everything else. Like I, I'm pretty much complete. And so it's like we let go of are sustaining our own turn on. And then when our partner looks like they're getting turned on over there, we're like, no, because we've made them our aliveness. We Uh have made them that. And so, of course, we have to control it because that's our aliveness. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, and this is true for whether you are, like, we're in a monogamous relationship. Um, But, we that's what we've chosen that's what we've talked about that's what we've discussed and we've had many many conversations about it um and so we choose to sexually connect with each other only and yet i feel like when i'm in my sexualness and when megan is in her sexualness that we are we feel attractive and turned on and we feel attracted and turned on to other people and other people feel attracted and turned on with us, and it's all about aliveness. So all of your conclusions and decisions and judgments um, and computations and constriction around sexualness and feeling sexual energy and feeling sexual energy for others besides your partners and that somehow that is going to ruin your relationship or... Uh, threaten the relationship in some way. Can we uncreate and destroy all that? Yes. Right and wrong, good and bad, pot and pock, online, shorts, boys and beyonds. And everywhere that you're making your partner the source of your aliveness, can we uncreate and destroy all that? Uh-huh. Yes. Right and wrong, good and bad, pot and pock, online, shorts, boys and beyonds. So we're very open with our attraction to other people. We talk about it. It's like, oh, wow, he's hot. Oh, my gosh, she's so beautiful. Um, we have the celebrity list that if there was ever a time that any of us actually had the opportunity to be sexual with somebody on the celebrity list, that we wouldn't even have to get permission from the other person, <laughs> right? <laughs> so so um, Megan, like, kind of drools over Nadal, who's a tennis star, pretty much every time she watches tennis right, watches him play tennis. It's really cute. She's like, oh, my gosh, look at his outfit. He looks so cute. His bum is so nice, right? I mean, like, it's awesome. It's so funny because, like, she's kind of, you know, into girls. But for Nadal, she would switch sides for sure. Mm, I'd jump the fence. (laughs) There's there's a handful of guys that I would jump the fence for. And I think part, I mean, part of that really is that, like, what if you let go of, 
all the definitions of sexuality. Mm-hmm. You didn't have to be gay. You didn't have to be straight. You didn't have to be open. You didn't have to be closed. You could just be you. Because uh-huh. sexualness truly is nurturing and caring and healing and orgasmic and alive. And it's, you know, it's being filled with gratitude. And if you are allowing that energy to be turned on all the time, then you're actually going to have more turn on with your partner. And the truth is, is that when I'm in total allowance of Suzanne, like that, and she's really alive and she's really turned on, it turns me on. Like, I I don't know for you, sweets, but like when you're really in allowance and I'm doing my like loving of everybody, does that not like excite you or delight you in some way? Yeah, it's, it's absolutely like what I love about it is it, I see the contribution of who you are to others and it makes me feel so proud, so proud of you and so proud that you show up for them in, in that way. So like, I, I love it. It actually like brings tears to my eyes sometimes because I just think it's so amazing and cool. And like, I know how it feels to be loved by you. You know, I know how it feels to be adored by you. And it's awesome. It is so awesome. And to, when I'm in a place of being able to share and open that up, um, like it, it just feels like everybody won the lottery. You know, like it's it's fantastic. And I never, ever thought that was possible. I never, ever thought that I could actually get through um, into a place of allowance like that. Um, so and yeah, again, it's like the first step in opening that up and in opening up wherever you are is um, is a, is communication with your partner. So whether you are in an in a sexually open relationship or a monogamous relationship or you're you're <clears throat> thinking about being in um an open relationship or a more open relationship, I mean it starts with communication. It starts with that real honest authentic um leaning in and being vulnerable and saying, "Hey, you know, I've been thinking about this or I feel this way or when this happens, this is what comes up for me and actually like really communicating through that and working through that. Um, and and then it creates so much more intimacy and connection. When when I've been able to go to Megan and say, hey, I realized that I got kind of jealous in that moment, um, then she can just be present with me and and. I can really work through that. And especially if you're considering um, an open relationship, I would say that a a really important piece of that would be absolutely communication and really considering um, what are your motivations and how are you going to work through um, some of these things that come up, you know, like jealousies or um, or that tendency to want to control or whatever. I would also add, Hun, that I actually believe that the in the commitment to your own aliveness and the commitment to be in allowance and to be the space of allowing for the other person's way of being, because mm-hmm. that's actually the true definition of relationship, is mm-hmm. being aware of another person's way of being. And appreciate and developing and and cultivating appreciation for that person's way of being in the world, and um, so for me that commitment has got to underlie the communication 
Because if you haven't made that commitment, the communication will not go well. Like if mm-hmm. you're still committed to controlling and to living in a in like a dynamic of expectation, um, then the communication will end up in conflict. So mm-hmm. for me, that commitment to one's own aliveness and that commitment to um, to be an allowance of the other person's way of being, to be an allowance of the person's sexual energy, to be an allowance of your own sexual energy, that is the number one key. And then being able to communicate that rather than, like, withdraw or, like, you know, uh, take the claws out, you know, like, to be Mm -hmm. really, like, okay, this is coming up for me. What I truly want is for you to be you, and I'm scared right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. All right, well, we have some really compelling questions in the chat room that I definitely want to cover, so we're going to go on break, and when we come back, we'll we'll field more questions about this awesome topic. Most people live in the land of either or. It's a scary and meager place where one can have either a happy relationship or a successful career, where we can have either lots of time and no money or lots of money and no time to spend it on love life and all things weird megan silito and suzanne stopper bring you inspiration awesome tools for transformation and full permission to claim your most ridiculous life together they are the embodiment of opposites attract and the result is true synergistic power finding yourself roadside in either or megan and suzanne are here to reintroduce you to one very powerful three-letter word and simple yes effective absolutely welcome to the land of and listen to love life and all things weird every wednesday at 12 p.m noon eastern standard time 11 a.m central 10 a.m mountain and 9 a.m pacific on a2zen.fm What would you say if I told you that you could change your life in only one hour and all while lying down relaxing? Thousands of people all over the world have. What am I talking about? It's called Access Consciousness The Bars. The Bars is an energetic body process that contains 32 different points on your head that when run assist you in releasing decisions about any area of your life that you have made solid and as a result cannot change. The Bars is the first class in Access Consciousness a dynamic set of tools and information designed to transform any area of your life. When you have a bar session, the worst that can happen is you feel like you had a fantastic massage. The best thing that can happen is your whole life could change. Go to accessconsciousness.com today to find a facilitator to schedule a private session or to find a bars class in your area. Are you willing to give yourself an hour to change your life? Love, Life, and All Things Weird with hosts Megan Silito and Suzanne Stoffer. Are you scratching your head a bit? Let's chat. Call into the program today and let's find some answers. If you're in the U.S., call 815-880-8255. In Canada, call 613-800-8736 or Skype us at a2zen.fm. You can also send questions or comments by sendering an email to Suzanne P. Stoffer at gmail.com. 
Now, back to the program. Welcome back, everybody, to Love, Life, and All Things Weird. We're talking about how open is your relationship. And uh, really from the standpoint of um, not trying to control your partner and really allowing each person to be themselves and really realizing that you are the source of your happiness, your well-being, and your sexualness. Um, that it's not about the other person. And we have a lot of, um, a lot of really cool communication in the chat room and there's a specific question that came up that I think would be really great to cover. Um, so I, I have a, a listener who's saying that she, she and her companion are in an open relationship and it feels really weird. Um, and when I asked what what do you mean by that? What does it? Why does it feel really weird? She says um, that she's just trying to navigate it. He, she says, um, like, if he chooses to be with another and I choose to be monogamous, what does that do to me? Can I handle that? She says she doesn't want to control him at all. Um, he really reacts badly to that. Um, but what about her? You know, she's free to date other men, and she kind of wants to explore it, but she's not sure about dating a couple of men at a time, um, and especially, you know, if, like, since they're in smaller social circles, if they were to meet each other, right? So um, so this, I love, thank you for being vulnerable with this, and, um, and I love all of this stuff that comes up, right? Because when um, she's, it sounds like she's kind of, found herself in an open relationship and hasn't really navigated those waters before. Um, and and so there's a lot coming up for her as far as like, you know, okay, well, if that person chooses um, to, um, to express with another person, what does that mean about me? You know, so uh, again, this is really in that arena of all of your conclusions and decisions and judgments about what does it mean about you if, you know, if you're in an open relationship and the other person chooses another person to express with. So all of the implants that get brought up about that and your automatic response systems um, and your decisions, judgments, conclusions about what that means about you, can we uncreate and destroy all that? Yes. Right and wrong, good and bad, pun and pock, online shirts, boys and beyonds. Um, do you want to jump in here, hun? Yeah, and what does it mean about you if it's not okay with you, right? Yeah. Like there's so that's the thing is that for some of us, um, like being with one other person, and actually f the funny thing is, is the definition of monogamy is relationship with one person. So that would just be <laughs> me by myself. That's monogamy, <laughs> and I, <laughs> so I am in an open relationship because I am also with Suzanne. <laughs> so. <laughs> So everything that brings up for everybody, right, wrong, good, and bad, pot, and pot, and pot, and and everywhere that you have to define your relationship, um, yes. and I think that's where you're getting to, right, is that yes. there has to be this definition, and like, then there's all this judgment, you know, like the, the people who are monogamous are judging the ones that are open, and the ones that are open are judging the ones that are monogamous, right, and so this this war and pointing fingers about like what's right and what's wrong and what's good and what's bad and all this stuff, right? So it's, it's a complete joke. So everything, every way in which you've um, 
been in that conversation or entertained that thought or had to go into definition about your relationships? Can we uncreate and destroy all of that? Yes. Yes, right and wrong, good and bad, pot and pot, all nine shirts, boys and beyonds. Yeah, because this is, yeah, I don't, this is not a moral issue. Every person gets to choose what's correct for them, you know, and, and I think that's your point is kind of making fun at the idea that we even have to define it. Yes. Well, and also that, um, I think because there's, it's now like, as trends change, right? Mm -hmm. And now it's like, kind of cool to be in an open relationship where it was like the devil 20 years ago, right? Right. Um, Mm -hmm. That now I think it's going in the other direction where if it's not true for you to be open, if it is correct for you to be in a committed relationship, that you're, I I know that for myself, I've done that where I'm like, I'm trying to get okay with the idea of open, but I'm Mm -hmm. just not okay with it, right? It's just not my truth. And so I think it can swing both ways. It's like these days, it's cool to be gay. And it's even in Utah, right? So like people feel like if they're not willing to explore the same sex, they're not cool. Like it's like, I can't even believe that. I was going to be hung and tarred and feathered for being gay, like, you know, 30 years ago or whatever. And it's like, holy crap. And now it's like, God, it's like that pendulum swing. And that's why it is so important to like get out of all definitions. And go, hey, yeah. that's true for me. And I, I love what Blossom Benedict said. Um, she did a video from Africa. She's an access consciousness facilitator. And she was just noticing. She was standing there doing the video. And there's elephants walking in the background. And there's giraffes. And she's like, each animal has, like, some mate one time. Some mate for life. Some mate. And they're not, giraffes not looking at the wolf going, hey, you, what's wrong with you? Why are you, why are you monogamous? Right? It's like, we have, as human beings, we put all of these definitions and rules on that instead of going, oh, wow, cool, great life choice. How is that working for you? Like it, no choice is better than another choice. The best choice is to be you and to choose for you and to choose what is correct for you. Yes. So all the ways in which you've been programmed to go into judgment around this topic and to make it so significant about what your sexual preference is or how open or closed your relationship is um, and everywhere that you've aligned and agreed with or reacted and refused the collective consciousness of of your your city or your state or the country. Can we uncreate and destroy all of that? Yes. Right and wrong, good and bad, pun and pock, all nine shirts, boys and beyonds. Because it's really about cho- choice. It's really about what is true for you, what feels light for you. As you guys have that open dialogue, you know, what are your intentions if you are considering open? What are your intentions for choosing open? Why does that feel good to one or both of you? You know, navigating those waters together. Um, like, I don't, I really don't suggest necessarily going into open if your relationship is being is threatened or if you guys aren't having sex (laughs) or that you're not totally like blissed out right it's like really because it's like if you're going to open to give you something that you're not getting in your relationship that danger will rogers danger will rogers because you're like oh well this person couldn't meet all my needs so i'm going to get this person and then maybe a few others to see if i can get them to meet my needs it's like rot row <laughs> like really like if if it is something that creates more for mm-hmm. you and your the person that you're having this conversation with then it's something to consider if it's something that is like oh like well we just need to spice things up 
Like, that's not really, <laughs> I'm not ever seeing that work really well. Well, and I would say if you guys are still trying to control each other a lot um, in other areas that if you are, that if you're considering open and you're still operating from control, it might not work out. It might not work well. Um, there might be a lot of conflict that gets created. So if you guys are actually in a place of, of openness and of really allowing the other person to be themselves, and um, and you really are sourcing your own happiness and your own well-being and your own sexualness, then that might be a time where it would be um, create greater for your relationship to really open up into that. So um, as I kind of wanted to circle back and just um, finish up with um, with the question earlier. Um, that it sounds like you're kind of navigating this and it's a, it's a new experience and you're kind of coming up against what has been the, what has been true for you so far with relationships of not being in an open relationship and then kind of choosing or finding yourself in an open relationship. And I would say keep asking questions and keep clearing all of the judgments that you have about yourself, about the other person, about what open relationships mean, um, and, and, so that you can actually get to your truth. Um, there's there's obviously going to be some stuff there as you go down this path and navigate it with each other. But if you are in an open dialogue, if you are in a place of clearing out all of your stuff and all of your crap from however much time and however many judgments and decisions you've made about it, then you can actually get to your your truth and to um, what actually feels really correct for you. Um, yeah, and I, Keisha posted a couple of questions that I think are really great, um, and like kind of exploring this. And, um, it's from a program called the Ten Commandments in Access Consciousness. It says, what contribution is not choosing an open relationship to me, my life, living in reality? And what contribution is choosing an open relationship to me, my life, living in reality? So, in, in general, we promote that we want to choose greater as much as possible. So looking at what's going to create greater for me and mm-hmm. to, and greater for our relationship and, and really like doing it consciously. When we do it consciously, we expand our awareness, our life and our living. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yes. I'll have more of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us and see you next week for more relationship fun. Mm-hmm. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to Love, Life, and All Things Weird. Megan and Suzanne will be back next Wednesday at noon Eastern Standard Time, 11 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Mountain, and 9 a.m. Pacific on AtoZen.fm. Be sure to tune in for more tips on how to live in the land of and and claim your marvelous, magical life.